Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. We hope you are encouraged by today's episode. Welcome back to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. It's always great to have you here. We see you as the invisible member sitting at this table for our conversations. And uh, just like I'm glad to have you here today, always good to be with my buddy, John Bailey. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. You're doing well? I am. A little tired from some travels, (laughs) but you just got back from some travels, too. So I know. We both had like 40-hour trips uh, back, and we're not as young as we used to be. (laughs) Yeah, I realized that. I told somebody, I said, this trip I just went on was a young man's trip, and I'm realizing I am not that anymore. Yeah, when I was 25 and I did these you know, trips, uh, sleeping on the floor, churches, and the third world, um, it it gets a little bit harder the older we get. It does indeed. (laughs) So you were in India. Yep. And then I think on the way back, you stopped in the UK. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give us a couple of updates on that and some t- might be some things we can celebrate. Yeah, we were. About. Yeah, we were. We we're in India. Um, uh, great trip. We had about 800 pastors, uh, most about 600 senior pastors. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a great time of refreshing. It's a, the context that they live in is just very difficult to serve God. Mm-hmm. Most of them are house churches. And just to see the their faces and encouragement and mm-hmm. uh, as well in those areas, it's hard to get uh, good biblical teaching and doctrine. So we're able mm-hmm. to help with that. It's, it's one of the joys of my life. And and then along with that, we went to about 200 widows, uh, we probably 170 orphans, and then a leper, uh, a leper community uh, as well. And just, just to give our listeners a little context, in India, if you're a person that's in need, you've lost a family member, you're a widow, the, they look at that like, well, you're paying for a sin in your past life. Mm-hmm. And so there's no real mercy. People don't really look at that and go, oh, you know, can I help you? Sure. They you go, well, you're paying for the sins that you committed in the last life. And hopefully if you're better in this life, you'll go up to the next cast in your in your next life. So it just leaves these people with little encouragement. But man, to see them come to Christ and see the joy mm-hmm. of the Lord in them was just a, a really powerful thing. And then on the way back, we, st- we stopped in London. We're uh, preparing a conference there for next year. And what was just, what's just incredible is um, just being in a place, we go right from the third world to the first world. Wow. And um, it's right, almost like whiplash. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but, you know, in, in the UK right now, the spiritual appetite, it, it, you know, it, it's just Christianity is waning in in England and the sure. United Kingdom. And we're just, a, you know, we're, we're going to be doing a conference only a little ways away from where um, Westminster Abbey is at, where mm-hmm. they had the coronation. Sure. And uh, to see people that are hungry for the gospel, so we'll, we'll be we're looking to do a conference there next year. So I really I don't know about you, but I just love what we do here. Sure. It's great to go out and minister to people and see lives change in America and around the world. And it, it was just a really blessed time. So that's great. How about yourself? Yeah, it's good. You know, I was thinking about what you were just talking about, and I was thinking, you know, it's interesting how. You know, if, if people look at the demographics in the world of where the church is strong, mm. you know, historically, over the in the nineteenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth century, the Christianity would have been strongest north of the equator and in the western hemisphere. There has been a shift yep. now where Christianity is actually strongest south of the equator mm-hmm. and in the eastern hemisphere. Yeah, 
And, you know, so you go from India where you have this marginalized Christian community, mm-hmm. but vibrant in faith. Yes. To the West. So you go north and west to the UK where you have lots of material prosperity yep. and yet very little hunger for God. Yep. And you realize that, you know, so oftentimes we think that material wealth is our greatest need. Yep. And you realize when you go in to situations, visit places like this, you realize that's actually not our greatest need. Absolutely. You know, and so it's always, I, I leave those places really encouraged in my faith. Amen. No, we really did as well. So, um, well, today, I, I guess we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks. The issue of peace. Yeah. So. In the midst of chaos. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, it, I mean, you look at our world today, mm-hmm. there's so much that's uncertain. Yeah. You know, out, I mean, if we just think about our own country. Out, you know, because the majority of our listeners are from the U.S., that we have listeners from all over the world. Yeah. But this would be reflected around the world. We don't know where the political situation is going. Mm-hmm. Lots of indicators that there might be economic challenges coming. You know, there's there's always chaos in our world. How do we live at peace in the midst of chaos. Well, and to give you some context, if, you're, if you've tuned in today and you're listening, we're not doomsday people and we're not, not negative. I have, an, I have this overall really probably in a dumb way, but really bright look at life. And I spend most of my time happy, not not saying that, um, you know, sometimes I have reason for it. Sometimes I don't. But that's that that is I think both of us have a, you know, pretty positive people. Um, but you have to have an honest look at the world that we live in. And there's a lot of chaos right now. There's a lot of things that are turning upside down. Institutions that in years past we would thought that we would have thought that you could trust. Um, you know, government institutions. Now you start to look at things and go, hey, you know, there's a lot of question marks out there, like you're saying, financially and government issues. So we have a world that's in chaos. And so how do you maintain this peace and this joy in the midst of a world that sometimes is so uncertain? Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, Paul, one of my favorite scriptures, I mean, it's, it's almost a platitude because it's so many people's favorite scriptures, but I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but, you know, most people will recognize this. Um, And it's Philippians chapter 4, and verse 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has already done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And there's and there's a couple in that passage there's a couple of do this then. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of it, you know, you're it, but there's there's kind of condition not necessarily conditions, but if you behave this way, then it will bring peace. So although salvation I believe is man is imputed to us, we live by the grace of God, God keeps us, so I thank God for that. Uh however, peace is something that you have to fight for. Yeah, absolutely. You have to walk in. If you do 
these things, then you will have peace. Yeah. So uh, there are things that you have to do to maintain a walk of peace, supernatural peace that passes understanding. Sure. And it's available to you depending on the way that you walk through life. Well, set your mind on this, you know, the set your mind on the things above, yeah. not on the things of this earth. You know, we know that positionally, theologically, good theology, we've been we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Exactly. That but the practicality of that is we've got to set our mind on that, not constantly looking around. Yeah. So practically, if you spend, you know, 18 hours a day watching Fox News and CNN of every bad thing that's happened in life and you're fixated on that and then you expect to have the peace that passes all understanding, I have a newsflash for you. Uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's probably not going to translate into a life of peace. But if you can keep your eyes fixed on Christ, his word, the power of the Holy Spirit, that God can give you a peace. But it will never come if you're fixated on the chaos. You know, if if people would take away what you just said, we could end this podcast right now. <laughs> because, I mean, you, you, you can't constantly be stirring the pot yep. and expecting peaceful waters. But can I just say to you, but that's exactly what many people do. Oh, absolutely. And um, and I and, and maybe you're watching today and you go, like, I mean, there's people who sit at their computer and they're, you know, every problem and every issue and all the chaos and all the difficulties and, you know, who's the Antichrist and that's what they stay fixated on. And I just want to maybe say that if, if you're here, you know, you're watching in and you're with us today, man, take a step back and go, let me look at the beauty and the the wonder and the awesomeness of Christ. And guess what? All that whole dynamic of anxiousness will begin to change. And you'll go, no, I serve the sovereign God of the universe. And he gives me peace in the midst of the chaos. Absolutely. And, and for me, that's what you just mentioned is so key. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm able to maintain peace on a daily basis in my life is because of my view of God's sovereignty. Amen. A high view of God, I think, leads to a high degree of peace because I realize he's at work in my life. He's at work in the situations around me. Nothing comes into my life that doesn't first come through his fingers. And so if I understand that, that just gives me great peace. Yeah, I, I remember when, you know we went to Bible college together, and there there is a group of people at Bible college that were so you know just so fixated on demons and the devil this and the devil you know it it, it amazes it still amazes me how Christians get get fixated on the kingdom of darkness, and I'm going if that's what you're fixated on, um, you're you're always going to be in trouble. So is there a kingdom of of darkness? Absolutely. Is there a devil? Yes. Is there demons? Yes. And you know what? Jesus has given us authority over them and so we're not going to live we're not going to live to those things live in fear of those things we are overcomers by the blood of Jesus and so when you look at this world and you go oh the devil is running everything and the devil is doing this and the devil is doing that Hey, if you miss the sovereignty of the hand of God at work in the world that we live in and go, that doesn't mean that God causes everything to happen, but it means that there is an overarching will and providence of God that's yeah. taking place in the world that we live in. And the devil can't just do whatever he wants. Right. God puts limitations and we belong to him. That dynamic brings me peace. Absolutely. A hundred percent. 
I don't know if this helps you for me, and, and I've shared this with, before with some people, and this seems to help. When I think about these kind of issues, I think of three spheres in my life, hmm. the sphere of control, influence, and concern. Hmm. So control, not don't think control like negatively, like a control freak. But in other words, control is what do I have the ability to directly control the outcome of? Yeah. Then further out is influence. What do I have the ability to influence? Yep. And then furthest out, what do I have? You know, I, I don't have the ability to influence it or control. So then it's just a sphere of concern. Yeah. Almost everything that's in the news is in my sphere of concern. But you can't change you any, can't of, change it. any <laughs> of it. And the, the people that you meet that are the most anxious and the most angry. Yeah are the people who live in the sphere of concern. Yeah, but you would have to admit this, too. I mean, you would have to admit that the areas, like the things that I have no control to change but will affect my life, some of those things can bring me anxiety. If I have the ability to control or make decisions uh, over issues, then I go, hey, I can I can change something. But if I'm depending on other people when it comes to the economy or government issues, and I can't change any of that, but it's going to affect my life, those can be areas that would cause me concern because I'm going, I, I really, not, not, you know, I don't have the ability to change it, but it could really affect my life. Oh, I'm saying 100% it could. That's why I have to discipline my mind to not focus all my energy out there. It's the same thing with my, I mean, I could, I could spend, I mean, I, I just turned 60 this year. It's probably safe to say my health is never going to be better than it was 10 years ago. I mean, that's just the nature of human life. Our bodies deteriorate. I could spend the next, the rest of my life worrying about what's going to happen to my health. Is it going to change anything? Absolutely. Nothing for the good. Yeah, because nobody tuned in today to hear two old men talk about our, our health issues. <laughs> no, but, that, but that, that's, I mean, but that's yeah. exactly what Jesus said. Right. He said, you can't even change the, you, the color of your hair, the numbers of your hair, you know. That's right. And yet we spend all of our time focusing on these things. And Jesus said, take a look at the birds. Yeah. You know. They have not a clue where their next meal is coming from, and yet they're not worried. They're not strivers. Mm -hmm. They're resters. Yep. You know that doesn't mean they sit around. They're not lazy, but but they rest in a peace of knowing that God's in control. Well, and bringing that passage up brings us to light. The issue with this, you know, losing your peace in the midst of chaos, goes back to a faith issue. And if you read that, why, why are you toiling? You're toiling because you're trying to do something to control something that's outside of your realm. Exactly. Whereas the person of faith may may say, hey, we can still go through difficulties. You're, you're talking about early church people. Oh. I mean, the person who wrote that would have been put to death because of their faith in Christ. Yeah, probably. So now you're, 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 you know, you're talking about people who walk through severe difficulty and they're saying, but Jesus said, don't worry in the midst of the chaos because God is in control. And when you have an overarching, 
understanding of the sovereignty and the power of God, you go, you know what? I may live and I may die, but if I live, I'll live for Christ. And if I die, I'll die for the glory of God. Either way, God will be glorified in my life. And therefore, I don't have to toil. I don't have to worry every day. I don't have to wake up every day and get fixated on you know the new cycle or whatever sure. it may be, that I can put my faith in a God that I know will care for me, even in the most difficult situations. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you have people who obsess with the news cycle. You know, I I had somebody in my own family one time make reference. He he was making reference to something going on in the world. I'm like, sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, don't you watch the news? And I'm like, well, I wanted to go, well, to start with, one of us is retired and the other one isn't. (laughs) You have a lot more time on your hands than I have on mine. But, you know, I'm not sure your knowledge is actually leading to peace. Right. Now, where's the balance between being informed and obsessing? Yeah, I, I mean, to, to me, there's no problem with staying informed with events, no matter how dire, how great. Uh, but it, but it's the way, it's, it's like Jesus in one place, he says, you know, be careful the way that you hear. Because are you hearing it through with, with ears of flesh and processing it with the mind of this world? And if you are, whatever the news cycle is or the issues of life, if that's the way you're processing, it's going to put you in places of anxiety. But if you hear, but you hear with ears of faith, so now I can I can know that there's difficulties and chaos and financial upheaval, but if I'm listening to it and I'm going, hey, through all of these things, I know that Christ will be glorified. And so because of that, I have an ultimate destination, which is heaven. And so I can walk through this life in, in peace. It really brings great comfort. Sure. I think it's also really beneficial to help to just remember that you know, this doesn't sound real spiritual, but the news entities that we get, you know, the sources we get are... Which one can you trust, right? Well, I don't know if you trust any of them, but they're all businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That At the end of the day, you got to keep in mind, they're a business. And the way they get their... They want their piece to be the most shocking, yeah. the most, you know, edgy, the most fear-provoking, because fear gets people to watch They're going to come back to see what happens. Exactly. You know, yeah. And so, you know, that that's it's an economic model that's driving all of that. And we want to be wise servants, yeah. not slaves to anybody's message. Yeah. And these are the issues because in, in all honesty, whether there may be people that don't even watch the news, but they still, you know, have an understanding when you go to the grocery store these days and the inflation has gone through sure. the roof and you go, hey, I'm, I make so much and now I'm having to spend more on food items that can bring a stress level. Absolutely. Um, and and if you think it, it's a stress level here, you know, go to India, sure. go to Indonesia, go to places around the world that, where there's poverty. And it even becomes more so because for us, it's for most of us, it's our expendable income. For some of these people, it's whether I eat this week right. or how many times I eat this week sure. or I don't eat this week. And so if you let these things consume you, and, you know, right after 
Philippians chapter 4, you keep mm-hmm. reading down mm-hmm. where Paul says, and I have learned this, yep. that in, in great times of poverty, hardship, I've found uh, to keep a, a peace in my life. And I've also learned in times that I abound and I'm overflowing that I have a peace in my life. So whether I am in need or whether I'm abounding, the peace of God rules and reigns in my life. Absolutely. You know, I, you went somewhere where I thought you were going to go somewhere else when you were talking about following oh, yeah. passage because you know we talked about the peace element here. Yeah. But immediately following that passage mm. is, you know, what I read earlier was verses 6 and 7. Then in verse 8, this very well-known passage, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, mm. right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So Paul is saying a couple of things here. So he's talked about this piece, but then immediately following that, he goes, and then part of that, how you maintain that is you fix your minds on the right things. Yeah. You know, so if you're fixing your minds on honorable, good, pure, those things, that's going to be the director of your mind. You know, in other words, we're not our our minds are not meant to be a boat that's driven by the wind. Yep. We actually have to bring discipline. I think that's that rudder that, you know, helps guide the direction of our minds. So, when Paul is saying here, fix your minds yep. on these things. The other thing I love about that passage earlier that we were talking about is it's the peace of Christ. Christ peace that that we have. Yeah. And of course Jesus also says, I give you peace, not like the world gives you. That's you know, right. but I, I give you true peace. You know, and so I mean Jesus is getting ready to leave. He's gonna leave his mm-hmm. disciples. He knows they're gonna be abs their world's gonna get flipped upside down. Sure. They're gonna they're gonna and, and yet he's saying, It's all right. You know. That I'm with you. I'm with you. I won't leave you or forsake yeah. you. And yeah. through the Holy Spirit, yeah. he is with us yep. every day. But we have to avail ourselves yeah. of that. That's not a working up. That's a relying on. Yeah, and when I, when I listen to what you're saying, I mean, just to put it into some context for people that are watching is you're going, hey, you have this rudder. There is a determining part that we have as we're directing that. But we're not doing that in our own strength. We're doing that with the power and the life of Christ. He He's the one that's the rudder. He's the one that gives us the power to continue to walk in, the, in, in those places. And then what it produces is this, is intimacy. And so when we talk about chaos, what's, what's the cure for the chaos? It's intimacy with Christ. Because when you fix your mind on these, and every one of those are attributes of Christ, those sure. things that are lovely and pure yep. and good, as you keep your mind and your heart fixed on Christ and you're walking with God and you have his perspective in the world, all of a sudden you will find a supernatural peace that doesn't make any sense, that passes all understanding, that starts to fill your mind and your heart because you've made the choice through the Holy Spirit to depend on God in the midst of the trouble. And now the chaos, all of a sudden, what, is it, what does it say? All of a sudden this world becomes strangely dim yeah. because I have a vision of the greatness and power of Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, you know, the you've probably heard the old Roger Kipling poem, If, and one of the lines in there is, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. And <laughs> he goes through a list of things and he says, then you'll be a man, my son. There's a play, uh, you know, there's a kind of a parody on that. They says, if you can keep your mind, if you can keep when, when all about you are losing theirs, you probably don't have all the facts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, but the truth is, in this situation, no, I, I do actually have Right. I have as many of the facts as we could ever have. I just know that I'm serving a God who's greater than the facts. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, you have these people all the time. They're like, you know, you know, there's a financial crisis. There's $30 trillion in debt. There's a, the whole economy is going to crash. And, you know, and, and they have all the facts. And you go, yeah, God's in control. You know what? That could happen. So we don't put our heads in the dirt no. to go. It's not. It's not this exempting ourselves from hearing the facts because we're going to lose our peace. No, we look at all the realities of the world. We see all the dangers, all the pitfalls, all the people who you know uh, are against us as as believers, and we go. You know what? I look at all of it, but I go. God is with me, and if He's with me, and He won't leave me, and He won't forsake me, whatever I go through, He will see me through to the end. Yep. That puts a joy in your life that overcomes all the chaos that this world has to offer. hundred percent. You know, I look at some of the people that I know around the world who live in really challenging context. Mm. I mean, you know, in America, we certainly have our challenges, but, you know, I look at places where, you know, at least we have the right to vote for our leaders. Yeah. You know, the places where they have no vote, no, no voice whatsoever, yeah. you know, and, and not even leaders who pretend to have the best interest of the people at, you know, their heart, they, they got their own best interest at heart. And yet, you know, I think in some degrees, I, I've seen these people kind of like, they've taught me so much because of their deep growing, their lack, their understanding of how little is in their control yep. drives them not to worry. It drives them deeper into Christ's arms. Amen. And I think if we walk away from this table today with a greater hunger for God, I think that the result of that would be a greater degree of truth and a greater degree of peace in our own lives. Amen. Hey, uh, hey I was just in India, and I'm in a leper colony. Where you literally, if, if you're if you're watching here today, go on, uh, you know, worldchallenge.org, and they have some videos of of, of some of these uh, some of these things, and you you have these people that have lost, I mean, fingers and yeah. hands, and they have nubs, and and the world that they live in, completely rejected by sure. by the entire society that they live in, and poor. And having to scrounge, and you know, thankfully we can take some food at World Challenge and help them out. But but you you look at all of the difficulties, and then the, to see these people who know Jesus mm. that have their hands lifted with the, I mean their yeah, fingers missing that was a beautiful picture and they're worshiping Jesus and the glory and the power of God and you go sometimes I think uh, we we live in in places that we let things get to us that that we probably don't have to let us get to us. Yeah. And we could probably find the joy and the peace of God in the middle of chaos and not let this stuff, but we, we are children of the God of heaven. Yeah. And you go, Oh, but this world is perishing. Well, yeah, Jesus said it is, but we're, we've overcome. We yeah. are overcomers no matter what this world throws at us at the end of it. When I draw my last breath, the next breath I take is in the presence of God. 
that gives me peace that passes understanding. Yeah. It, I mean, when you realize that for you and I, death is a promotion. Yeah. I mean, on the other side of eternity, there will only be peace because all the other stuff, the anxiety, all that is an overflow of sin. Yeah. When sin is eradicated, when we're no longer having to deal with that, we no longer have to worry about worry. It's, we're, I mean, so, I mean, the worst case scenario here for all of us, we think the worst thing that can happen to me usually involves death. <laughs> You know, I mean, the worst thing that somebody could do to me is kill me. And that's a promotion. It is a promotion for us. Mark is about to give an altar call right now. <laughs> so if you need to know Jesus. <laughs> well, I, you know, why don't you pray for us? Yeah. Cause, I don't know if you maybe say a last word to folks and listen, yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, I can't remember the exact words of the, of the old hymn, but it was like, oh, what peace we forfeit. Yeah. You know, when we do, when we don't bring our needs to God in prayer, mm-hmm. I think there's something that's just very real about that. And I sense so many people today in the church that live with an unnecessary degree of anxiety, John. Yep. It's not that their issues aren't real. It's not that these things aren't real. It's that, that we just serve such an incredibly great and powerful God. And if we grow in our love and our intimacy for him, we learn that how shall he who spared not his own son do all things for us and give us everything we need in Christ Jesus? That produces peace. It does. And so today, if you are dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with struggles as you watch the news and you see the world and chaos around you, uh, we just want to encourage you. The the the. the Putting your hand in the sand isn't the solution, but neither is focusing exclusively on all these things. You know, so if if you're feeling a high degree of anxiety, go to Jesus, go to his word, rest in his arms. We're not talking about a striving. We're not talking about, you know, trying to work something up. We're just talking about resting in Christ. Take everything that Christ has promised to you in salvation and appropriate that for you today. And that's what I want to pray. Praise God. Father, thank you for your love and your mercy. Lord, thank you that through the cross, you destroyed the hostility that existed between you and sin in our lives. And Lord, and by that, you brought us, you made us one with you all of a sudden. Lord, you, 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 the things that we couldn't accomplish on our own, you did for us. And Lord, there's still so many things we can't do. Lord, we know that there are people out there who are dealing with issues of anxiety and unrest. And we acknowledge that our world is broken and in desperate need of a Savior. And Lord, we rest in you. Lord, we ask that you would help us to grow in our awareness of you. Lord, help me, Lord, to fix my mind on Jesus. Lord, you are the author, the perfecter of our faith. Lord, help our minds be set there today. Lord, we ask that you would glorify yourself through us and in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Join us again next week where we're going to continue this conversation, but we're going to move from the macro level of what's going on in our big world to what's going on in our personal world and how we can walk in peace in the meantime. So join us, share, like, get the word out so that more people can benefit from this content. God bless. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable, and we're so thankful that you chose to spend it with us. If you want more encouragement, our website has the monthly newsletter, other podcasts, sermon series, study guides, daily devotions, and updates from the missions field. Visit us at worldchallenge.org for all this and more. John and Mark will be back next week to offer their insight into how believers can live, love, and lead well in a broken world. We'll see you next time.